Be Rad podcast is brought to you by MoFo, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone. Brad's macadamia masterpiece, mind-blowing nut butter blend, now offered on Amazon. Chili technology, temperature-controlled mattress systems for a good night's sleep. InsideTracker.com, offering blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data all in one place. And Organifi, whole food organic superfood supplements and drink blends. And please visit the shopping page at bradkearns.com for my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance with great discounts for listeners. Here we go with the show. The cards are stacked against us because what modern life is all about is artificial light and digital stimulation after dark. We work hard, we're busy, we have a hectic pace, we're going around, running around. We want to come home and enjoy ourselves and indulge in the wonderful streaming entertainment that seems to be never-ending. On the street, they call it bitch tits or man cans, (laughs) and that's when uh, you start to actually develop breast tissue from an excess of estrogen uh, caused by aromatization. Of course, we have to optimize our evening sleep habits, and that starts with uh, mellow, dark, quiet, calm, relaxing evenings uh, with the big goal of ending your screen use uh, at least an hour, ideally two hours before bed. Okay, here we go. Mofo with the breather show about how to boost testosterone and avoid the slippery slope downhill that we are seeing play out in modern life. That is the epidemic decline in the average male testosterone level. This research came out way back in 2007. It's only getting worse. But back then, the Massachusetts Male Anti-Aging Study delivered the most disturbing finding that the average testosterone level of today's male is dropping at a rate of around 1% per year from generations past. I'm not talking about testosterone declining as you get older and that natural decline that occurs if you're healthy can be very small but of course you're going to decline over time what we're talking about here with this research is that today's 40 year old today's 50 year old today's 60 year old is way less of a man than his dad or his grandpa was in generations past at those same ages so this is suggesting that 1% a year, we're talking about since the 1980s, that a 40-year-old has 25% less testosterone, 30% less testosterone than the 40-year-old did back in the 80s. Ditto for the 50-year-old, the 60-year-old. This is not just America. This is research from all over the world. There's another prominent study from Denmark with the same conclusion that this is a global pattern. There's other research from Israel that the average sperm count of today's male is something around 50% lower than in generations past. As you can see on bradkearns.com, the mofo page, the modern male is turning into a flabby, floppy Mr. Softy, and we have to do something about it right away. We have to take action, otherwise we will drift down this slippery slope. I talk about this a lot on social media with tips and tricks and tidbits and identifying some of the major factors. You've probably heard a lot about the estrogenic compound in our environment. Uh, there's a great book by Dr. Anthony J. I think it's called Estrogeneration, and he talks about the various ways that we're exposed to these environmental estrogens uh, for the first time 
in history at an accelerating rate. Uh, things like the electromagnetic fields are also involved. The uh, use of the mobile device uh, has been believed to have an adverse effect on male hormone levels. And then the consumption of food and drink in plastic is one of the big ones that's so easy to turn around and just refuse to consume food that's in plastic or drink uh, fluid that's served in plastic. And I know when you're on the road and you're uh, stopping off at the gas station, you're hot and thirsty, you have to go get some plastic water bottle and drink it. Uh, once in a while, that's going to be fine. But as a rule, you want to strive to uh, not have plastic touch things that you consume or things that you put on your body as far as the estrogenic compounds that are found in personal care products, uh, laundry detergents, things like that. So if you can uh, kind of clean up your modern environment, that's great. But even more uh, direct and impactful are the lifestyle behavior patterns that are contributing to this declining energy, declining testosterone. So I picked out four of them to talk about on this show. And of course, with the MOFO mission, I offer up 10 assignments that you can take on to optimize your life in every direction and prevent this decline this modern decline in testosterone and in fact boost your testosterone naturally all centerpieced around the wonderful supplement male optimization formula with organs mofo and that is a compilation of uh, animal organs freeze-dried grass-fed super pure incredibly potent and it will re-energize your body at the cellular level and provide the proteins, peptides, enzymes, cofactors, and molecular biodirectors that signal a natural increase in testosterone production. It tells you to go make a little bit more testosterone. So you get a nice boost there. But in the presentation, the marketing of this supplement, I really feel strongly that it needs to be an all-encompassing lifestyle approach. So, hey, that was a nice little commercial threaded into the content for MoFo, but we really want to emphasize that uh, a great supplement will be a big boost. It'll give you a little edge and maybe the motivation to carry out the other assignments in the MOFO mission, but we have to get the lifestyle factors dialed in. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time, your energy, your money. Uh, look no further than the extreme increase in popularity of anti-aging medicine and males going and getting testosterone supplementation or testosterone replacement therapy. This is a huge market segment. There's all kinds of content and people talking about the wonders of going and, and engaging in anti-aging medicine. And I'm not going to uh, trash that outright or make a blanket statement. Uh, these things can be very helpful, especially for a small percentage of people who have some endocrine dysfunction and require that uh, replacement therapy. Uh, but for the most part, if you are not optimizing all your other lifestyle factors, your expensive anti-aging regimen is going to go to waste. And in the direct case of uh, increasing uh, your testosterone through uh, exogenous means through getting uh, testosterone shots or pellets or whatever you're doing, uh, rubbing the cream on, what's likely to happen if you are not a healthy guy, if you're not engaged in healthy lifestyle practices, if instead you're inflamed, uh, you're carrying extra belly fat, 
you're not active enough, you're not doing the right workouts, uh, there's a phenomenon known as aromatization. And this is where uh, male hormones are converted into estrogen, especially if you have an excess of them. So if you go in and get your testosterone shots and then go back to your sorry-ass, pathetic, flabby, soft uh, life where you're not active, you're not eating the right foods, aromatization is going to occur and you're just going to make, uh, you're just going to increase your estrogen levels rather than the desired effect of throwing down some extra testosterone. Uh, this is evidenced by the condition known as gynecomastia. Uh, on the street, they call it bitch tits or man cans. <laughs> and that's when uh, you start to actually develop breast tissue from an excess of estrogen uh, caused by aromatization. Uh, the extreme uh, drug users, abusers, uh, bodybuilding scene, and athletes who are uh, indiscriminately taking extra testosterone uh, anabolic steroids, uh, this will often happen to them too because they're throwing off their endocrine balance so extremely. But I'm talking about the people that are doing testosterone replacement therapy under a doctor's care, uh, giving themselves what's supposed to be optimal and safe levels, but they're not carrying out the extra lifestyle practices, they're going to be in trouble. So please keep that in mind when you're reading the glowing reports and the amazing stories of people succeeding with testosterone replacement therapy. It should be considered, in my opinion, should be considered uh, the last straw or the last place to turn as you have optimized all the other lifestyle practices. And who knows, maybe I'll be doing a show in 12 years or 17 years or whenever saying, hey, look, here's my deal. Uh, I'm living the dream life. I'm doing all these great things. And now I've decided to go over to uh, the other side of the curtain. And here's how it works for me. And isn't that wonderful? And isn't that great? But right now... I have the opinion that the benefits are probably minimal when you're optimizing all other lifestyle factors. I've shared with you my blood test results for my serum testosterone are pretty favorable. They're up in the 700 to 800 range, and that would be in the 95th percentile for people my age. It's actually a good level for uh, a male of any age. So I think I'm doing everything right in my lifestyle. I'm being the best I can be. I certainly wish I could be way more badass and putting myself in a whole nother category of high-performing athlete who recovers quickly, never gets sore, never complains about uh, breakdown, burnout, illness, and all those things that uh, sometimes creep into my life. And so uh, I'm going to say that uh, I'm not as uh, as um, uh, fit and energetic as I was you know, 30 years ago, and that's part of life. And I could probably address that with uh, an abuse of the... Uh, anabolic steroids right now, uh, just like uh, certain athletes are probably doing in master's competition in certain sports. And of course, the uh, athletes in the major sports who uh, are clearly uh, using and abusing steroids, um, that's great. They're getting a immediate performance benefit and possible uh, complications or considerations uh, compromising their long-term health. So outside of that discussion, what we're going to do in this show is try to optimize the natural lifestyle factors that promote male hormone optimization and minimize the risk factors that are floating all around us. So I picked four to emphasize, and the first one is sleep. Uh, so this is basically the starting point from which all other lifestyle optimization goals and efforts flow downstream from. 
And if you are not optimizing your sleep, you're not prioritizing your sleep, you're going to have a really difficult time with dietary transformation or uh, upping your exercise game. And boy, we're, this, the cards are stacked against us because what modern life is all about is artificial light and digital stimulation after dark. We work hard, we're busy, we have a hectic pace, we're going around, running around. We want to come home and enjoy ourselves and indulge in the wonderful streaming entertainment that seems to be never-ending. There's a new show, there's a new series, it's great, it's highly rated. There's more YouTube videos to watch, they keep stacking up. I have an actual uh, note on my computer, uh, a note file of uh, suggestions of cool things to watch, and it's so freaking long, and I'll never get to the bottom of it. Uh, but every time someone says, you got to watch this show, it's so incredible. I'll write it down and, uh, you know, take note of it. <sighs> so we have this constant potential to be entertained. And this is like no other time in the history of humanity. So what's getting pinched and compromised is not only our evening sleep patterns, but also this natural downtime that we've had forever for the history of the human race. Uh, obviously, the uh, the prehistoric human had a very low-stress, low-stimulatory lifestyle where they sat around for hours every single day and just kicked it and then, uh, you know, tended to their shelter or the gathering or the hunting duties. Uh, but studies from modern-day uh, Bushmen uh, that we cite in the Primal Blueprint uh, reveal that their leisure time every day is like six hours, uh, they have, you know, tending to basic duties for something like six hours, so they don't even work that hard of a day, even though they're in the hunter-gatherer lifestyle where everything's tough. They don't have uh, air-conditioned office environment to go and, and type on a keyboard. They got to deal with everything. Every bite of food has to go be earned and uh, prepared, uh, but they still have a uh, lower uh, engagement and lower stimulatory situation than uh, the modern human. So, of course, we have to optimize our evening sleep habits, and that starts with uh, mellow, dark, quiet, calm, relaxing evenings uh, with the big goal of ending your screen use uh, at least an hour, ideally two hours before bed, and then devoting those final, uh, that final period of time to nice, restorative, uh, low-stress activities. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, obligation for downtime because that's something that uh, we often forget when we just obsess on our evening sleep habits. So the downtime, particularly concerning uh, with the advent of mobile technology. So like no other time in the history of humanity, uh, we have something in our hand that can completely entertain us and absorb and engage us nonstop throughout the day. So whatever else we're doing, our core daily responsibilities, also an arm's length away, uh, is text messages or social media feeds that can keep our brain going nonstop. And when that happens, guess what? Uh, we experience a rise in stress hormones because this is uh, dopamine-triggering, uh, stress-provoking. Even if it's good, it could be good or it could be bad, it doesn't matter. It still has a high stress score and a stress factor. So um, we have to orchestrate opportunities to have downtime to have more engagement with nature, which the forest bathing research in Japan and elsewhere in the world reveals that uh, we get an immediate lowering of blood pressure and stress hormones when we simply engage in a natural environment. 
taking a walk around the block at night instead of watching one more show. Remember that your uh, your streaming entertainment will be there the next day. That's what's so great about it. You're not going to miss like the old days. L.A. Law came on at 10 p.m. and we had to watch it on Thursday nights. Otherwise, you miss it and it's over and never to be seen again. Now, oh my gosh, we can control our environment and our entertainment choices like never before. So all the more... Uh, justification for structuring these evening patterns in a way that promotes good sleep and then powering down, getting really good at prioritizing engagement with nature and live social interaction, which is far more relaxing and restorative than interacting with a screen. And just think about it this way, um, cortisol, that's the uh, prominent stress hormone that increases when you have this hectic high stress, constant stimulation, uh, constant engagement with technology. Cortisol antagonizes testosterone. So when you have chronically high cortisol levels, which is the essence of the modern human experience, you're going to antagonize, you're going to lower testosterone. Okay, so that's the... Uh, the first category is more sleep, more downtime, better sleep, uh, better downtime. And then number two is junk food. So uh, today's standard American diet, heavily processed, nutrient-deficient, insulin-stimulating meals and snacks deplete your body at the cellular level. So you are a depleted human. You are not at full strength. Your battery power is at 78%. To use a mobile device technology analogy that will uh, resonate with the audience. <laughs> you know, we want to get it up to 100%. We want to be the best we can be for whatever age we're at, whatever our genetics, uh, you know, this is what we're talking about here. And we need uh, tremendous nutritional support from the diet. Uh, you've heard people talk about how the soil's depleted these days. So even today's wonderful uh, salad bowl of nutrient-dense foods is not the same as it was before. Of course, with the uh, feedlot animals and the industrialization of uh, the animal foods, same with the uh, the plant foods, we're getting an inferior uh, nutrient-deficient animal, particularly when we forget the ways of our ancestral humans and we fail to consume animals in the nose-to-tail strategy. That's such a big deal in the ancestral health movement. So we're eating mostly muscle meats, right? Chicken breast, hamburger, steak from these uh Feedlot animals, these industrial-produced animals, concentrated animal feeding operations, CAFO is the acronym. Uh, so they're giving us inferior nutritional value to a properly, sustainably raised, grass-fed, pasture-raised, heritage-breed pork, wild-caught fish. So we want to kind of not only get rid of the processed food, uh, but also make the best choices and find the most nutrient-dense foods that are uh, possible today. Uh, what's happening when we have this nutrient-deficient diet, uh, we tend to uh, promote these conditions of oxidation and inflammation from eating crappy food, eating too much sugar, producing too much insulin, and this uh, causes the accumulation of this highly disturbing type of body fat known as visceral fat. This is the fat that collects in the uh, midsection in the abdomen uh, surrounding our organs and growing and growing until you get the spare tire. And when you uh, accumulate some visceral fat, 
it has inflammatory properties, profound inflammatory properties, such that it is officially designated as its own organ because it has the ability to secrete inflammatory cytokines. That's the term. Uh, that's the agent that they're secreting into the bloodstream. So just like an organ, it secretes a substance into the bloodstream that has inflammatory properties. They're called inflammatory cytokines. And so when you accumulate a bit of visceral fat and send these inflammatory signals into your bloodstream, this begets the accumulation of additional belly fat. So that's where the slippery slope comes in, is if you let yourself go a little bit and start getting a little bit of a spare tire, uh, this will change your blood chemistry and your hormonal profile uh, to basically encourage the accumulation of more fat and a further suppression of testosterone and other important hormones. So basically, you're going to exist in an inflammatory state because of your spare tire. You're going to trash your testosterone levels. That's going to make it more difficult for you to, let's say, get your butt in shape, get rid of that spare tire, have the energy, the motivation, the discipline to go out there and do what you need to do to uh, to get your body back in shape. So uh, I consider it this lifelong battle, especially for males in the older age groups. And uh, one day we might have talked about 50 and over, but today it's really like once you hit 27 or 32, and I know you frat boys raising your hands, you know what I'm talking about, because uh, when you're in your, in your element and you're in those wonder years of uh, accelerated cell division, you're growing, you're getting big, you're working on your muscles, you're eating whatever you want. Nothing can stop you. You pound the hot fudge Sunday. You get right back up and go do another workout. Oh, aren't those wonderful times? But then uh, pretty soon you look down and here comes a spare tire uh, due to your uh, fun, exciting college style life ways that haven't uh, been recalibrated uh, since you left campus five, seven or 12 years ago. So sometime the, the magic runs out. Uh, a lot of people can uh, nod their heads, know what I'm talking about. And when that magic runs out, that's when you got to turn the corner, start getting the junk out of your diet and fighting that spare tire battle valiantly for the rest of your life. Do not let that spare tire accumulate. Imagine yourself getting the spare tire uh, becoming inflamed, trashing your testosterone, and making it more difficult to build or maintain lean body mass and more difficult to avoid the accumulation of fat. So that's the uh, category number two of junk food. And then number three on the list here, yeah, that's right. Relationship conflict. Anger, resentment, arguing, and nitpicking are huge testosterone killers. I love my shows with John Gray, the relationship expert, Mars and Venus author, where he gives the essential male hormone assignment to, to optimize testosterone is to act like a kung fu master in life. Maintain control of your emotions. You are the guy that's calm, cool, and collected in every setting and every situation. So you have to make a firm resolution to not engage in destructive arguments. And when you experience a, a emotional disturbance or you're not at your best or you're feeling triggered or feeling reactive, John Gray's wonderful assignment is to go into your cave. That was his epic metaphor from men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And it means going off and engaging in testosterone boosting activities. And these range 
from hobbies, sports, competitive settings, especially. This can even count like playing a video game as a competitive setting that can boost testosterone, tinkering with the motorcycle in the garage or your uh, model airplane project, or uh, going out and throwing some weights around or playing pickup basketball in the park. These are activities that rebuild testosterone. These are aligned with the male's primary biological drive, which is to compete, to conquer one's environment, and to persevere under difficult and challenging circumstances to rise to the top of this social structure. That is what males are wired to do. And on the female side, John Gray does a great job talking about this and how males and females can interact successfully in a relationship. The female's primary biological drive is to nurture, love, support, and connect. So females to uh, regenerate estrogen, which is easily depleted in hectic high-stress modern life, will go off and do estrogen-boosting activities like hanging out at the salon and chatting and gossiping and engaging. And uh, some people might want to take exception uh, uh, with the uh, gender stereotyping that I'm talking about. Yes, females are allowed to go tinker with the motorcycle in the garage or go throw around some weights at the gym. And males are allowed to go hang out at the salon and get a manicure, pedicure, and uh, spend extra time uh, chatting about sports, right? So what we want to do is always tie this back to the male and female primary biological drives rather than uh, make commentaries or try to shape culture in a uh, potentially offensive manner. Okay, so that's all we're talking about here is the underpinnings and the way that a man can be the best he can be, especially with regard to testosterone levels, is to choose to be the calm, cool, collected one and to not engage. And oh my gosh, some of these uh, takeaways from the John Gray shows like... Um, you know, arguing and talking things through in a uh, long, drawn-out discussion will absolutely trash your testosterone. And in practically speaking, and uh, anecdotally speaking, I can totally attest that this uh, makes a whole ton of sense, and that going off and recollecting yourself and you know, returning to the relationship, to the home, or to whatever the situation is, renewed and refreshed because you've received a testosterone boost. So choosing testosterone building activities instead of relationship conflict, that's third on the list. And then fourth is doing the wrong kind of exercise. And basically today, it's doing too little exercise in general everyday movement, right? Prolonged periods of sitting uh, are even a more important objective than adhering to a devoted fitness regimen for overall health, testosterone status, immune function, hormone optimization, everything. So if we sit around too much, of course, that's a big one. Uh, but we also have this modern trend of extreme exercise, of overdoing it or doing it in an incorrect manner. And this can also trash your testosterone. So the ideal approach here for hormone optimization is extensive low-level movement every day, especially taking brief breaks from prolonged periods of stillness so no such thing exists. So the longest you're ever sitting still is 20 minutes, and then you always get up and do one set of kettlebell swings, uh, one set of pull-ups, uh, a few stretches, heading up and down the stairs for some whatever reason. You got to go get another uh, pad of Post-it notes, but you're kind of uh, fidgety and making an effort to move Keep your body active rather than sitting. And then the other objective here is to pair that with uh, explosive, brief in duration, high intensity workouts. 
that prompt an incredible burst of adaptive hormones, but don't leave you feeling exhausted and overstressed like many of the popular uh, fitness programming does today. So we're kind of screwing up this fitness objective because if you look at it from big picture, uh, the most popular fitness endeavors seem to fall into the category of steady state cardio or overly stressful high intensity interval training sessions. Oh my gosh, I just walked into one of the biggest fitness centers I've ever seen in LA recently, LA Fitness, and the banks of uh, treadmills, uh, stair climbers, and stationary bikes was literally extending for probably 25 or 30 meters wide, and then, you know, five or six or seven rows deep. It was a massive warehouse-looking situation where, uh, you know, many, many people was kind of busy. There were so many people climbing the stairs, walking on the treadmills. It was shocking. So then you have all this square footage devoted to uh, steady-state cardio, and then you have the classroom setting and the people uh, throwing around the weights, the machines, the free weights, who are in there for quite a long-duration workout. Um, 60 minutes is a cutoff that I just heard on the great new podcast called Huberman Lab from Dr. Andrew Huberman at Stanford University. He's got a great show and he does these wonderful narrations, kind of like my breather shows where he's just spitting out content. And let me tell you, uh, it's a lot of effort, a lot of work. It's much easier to sit back and interview a guest than it is to come up with an hour, two hours of awesome programming. And he did one on uh, male hormones, testosterone, and he was talking about how if you are in there doing a strength training session that lasts for over six minutes, you transition over from any potential testosterone benefit to actually uh, deliver a decline in testosterone due to the increasing uh, rise of cortisol, the stress hormone, because you need to uh, uh, spike cortisol to get you through the damn workout because it's so difficult and it's lasting for so long. So we've talked for years now, Mark Sisson, uh, Primal Blueprint, uh, that these strength training sessions need never last longer than 30 minutes. Go hard and go home. And this is, we could say that the 30 minute is the kind of, if the stopwatch is going, uh, we're not talking about warm up or you know foam rolling out your legs before you go and hit the machines. Uh, but, you know, a work uh, block of 30 minutes is plenty and less than that can be highly effective also. Um, my sprint workouts, uh, the total duration of the high-intensity effort is probably only a few minutes total, and that counts my uh, difficult drills and uh, preparatory technique efforts, and then the brief explosive sprints, which usually I'm only going 80 meters, sometimes I'm doing some 200s or 100s, but if you add up the whole thing, it's just minutes, mere minutes, rather than <laughs> hours or uh, certainly never exceeding uh, that obvious 60-minute mark. Okay, so the wrong kinds of exercise are really causing problems. And with the steady-state cardio, uh, it's so popular for some reason. I think we've been programmed to believe that we have this obligation to get our heart up into uh, the training zone and peg it there 
for however long duration uh, we're, we're, we're striving uh, in the name of fitness. Uh, but Dr. Doug McGuff makes a great case in his book, Body by Science. Uh, many other people are on this wavelength too, but I love how Body by Science uh, references tons of studies in almost every paragraph. There's another study, another study, uh, and basically you can go get the gist of it uh, with a very short YouTube clip if you type in Doug McGuff, Cardio Doesn't Exist. And that's the name of his YouTube presentation. And what he's talking about is how you can't really uh, isolate the cardiovascular system away from the rest of the body. So any form of activity that you perform is going to train, is going to uh, elicit a training effect from the cardiovascular system. Even if you're throwing around uh, some heavy weights and taking long rest periods between your weight training set, you are getting an awesome cardiovascular training session where your heart rate is uh, spiking up to high levels for a very short period of time when you're going through your, your reps in the set. And then when you rest and you sit on the block for a minute or two, it's still uh, vastly exceeding your heart rate at rest. And so from the moment you exit your car and walk into the gym to the moment you uh, go back into a resting position, you're getting a great cardiovascular training session. There's no obligation to extract a different workout on a different day where you go onto the bike or onto the treadmill and peg your heart rate up at whatever the uh, desired heart rate is. And in fact, there's many, many risks in the uh, emphasis on steady state cardio, especially overdoing it. We've talked so much on this show uh, and in the books about uh, exceeding your maximum aerobic heart rate and prompting uh, an undesirable stress response and a chronic cardio approach to exercise. You can look at Mark's Daily Apple, the epic article from back in 2007 called The Case Against Cardio, where Sisson details uh, what happened to him, uh, the breakdown, burnout, illness, and injury that occurred from his devotion to marathon training, Ironman training, and rethinking this obligation to go out there and peg our heart rate at a certain level. Um, so if you think about it this way, that you're getting an awesome cardiovascular training effect in every type of movement that you do, guess what else counts here? Walking. That's right. When you get up off your butt and walk around the block, even if you're a devoted athlete and you really want to be in great shape, you are getting a great cardiovascular training effect at the lower intensity levels from just walking around the block. Your heart rate is still double resting heart rate, and you're still activating the aerobic energy producing enzymes and muscle fibers that you will call into action when it's time to run your ultra marathon race or your triathlon. So if walking is delivering a great cardiovascular training session, strength training and high intensity exercise are delivering great cardiovascular training effect. Uh, the obligation to go and throw in these steady state sessions uh, is now diminished. I guess you could really say that the only reason to do it is if you enjoy it, which is a fantastic reason. Uh, my old time childhood friends from, from running, Dr. Stevie Cobrain and Stephen Deitch, uh, both are out there still putting in a substantial amount of miles in their 50s, mainly because they enjoy the act of running. And they're not trying to make the Olympic team anytime soon, but the enjoyment factor is huge. And then, of course, you want to do it correctly, which would be to do the vast majority of your steady state cardiovascular exercise at the maximum aerobic heart rate or below. So 
so you don't trigger these uh, excess stress hormone production, uh, immune suppression, and all the things that happen when you're engaged in a, a chronic cardio pattern. So if you're going to do steady state, uh, do it the correct way. Uh, make sure the workouts are comfortable. And then when it comes to high intensity interval training, oh my gosh, this programming that's out there where they're taking you through the paces for up to an hour, or they're asking you to again and again and again uh, perform uh, this interval work with insufficient rest between efforts, doing workouts that last a little bit too long, where the efforts are a little bit too difficult with not enough rest between them. That's where we get into the uh, the testosterone suppressing stress hormone eliciting effects of these sessions. And unfortunately, what I see in the fitness scene are uh, programming that are calibrated to be overly stressful, high intensity interval training sessions. So in the follow up show, I'm going to talk you through how to do an explosive high intensity workout in the correct manner to avoid these risk factors from doing traditional approach to hit. And I did an entire breather show uh, about the difference between HIT and Dr. Craig Marker's clever take on it, which he uh, has the acronym HIRT, H-I-R-T, and that's called High Intensity Repeat Training, where you're getting plenty of rest uh, in between your work efforts so that all of them are extremely high quality and explosive rather than having this exhausting, depleting effect that occurs when we see uh, the protocol for most of the boot camp workouts or the spinning classes or the uh, group training efforts out there in, in outdoors in uh, uh, cycling or running, uh, even Peloton, you know, in your home-based training systems, Mir, Peloton, all these cool things. For the most part, I'm going to contend that these workouts seem to last a little bit too long where you... Uh, lose the intended benefits of hormone optimization and instead just give yourself a nice flood of stress hormones. Okay, so we covered sleep, uh, dietary practices, relationship interactions, and then workout patterns and talked about why those four things to highlight are contributing to uh, declining testosterone levels and not getting the intended benefits that you think you're uh, going for when you uh, decide to enter a relationship or enter the gym for a workout. So in the next show, part two, we're going to talk about uh, some great immediately actionable takeaways in each of those four categories where you can get it dialed in and do it right. Thanks for listening to this Breathe Show. And thanks for spreading the word, too. Remember, if you push a couple buttons, you can share this episode with a friend or loved one who deserves it. I use this great podcast player called Overcast. Um, and you can actually uh, push a button and generate a clip, an audio clip, uh, to send a text message to someone else and say, hey, listen to this guy uh, for two minutes here. It's going to get you all psyched up to listen to the whole show. So that's kind of fun. But whatever podcast player you use, if it's Apple Podcasts, by far the most prominent uh, podcast distributor, you can, um, you can also send a text message and share the show with others. And what's especially great is um, leaving a review, a five-star review for the show. It helps us rise up the rankings. More people can listen. So... If you can do a great solid and uh, mention our show on social media, text it to a friend or loved one, or leave a review, that would be super awesome. We appreciate it so much. We're working hard trying to give you the best content. 
you deserve. Uh, we also love feedback, so send an email to podcast at bradventures.com. Uh, could be questions for the Q&A show or, or any suggestions, feedback. We really appreciate hearing from you and connecting. And thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Let's talk about nootropics. These are supplements designed to improve cognitive function, memory, and creativity. And I'm taking three products from a company called New Optimal, N-U Optimal. The products are Metafocus, which promotes flow state and improves processing speed and mental clarity. It contains ingredients like phenylalanine, B12, ginkgo biloba. I'm taking Metamemory, which is good for memory retention, verbal fluency, reduced oxidative stress. Very important for the brain. This product has things like lion's mane, pine bark, and bacopa. And I'm taking Metadrive for motivation, stress resilience. It's got a little boost of caffeine in there, ashwagandha, rhodiola. They're wonderful products with a lot of scientific detail and easy to understand information on their website. So you get the big picture of what these products are all about, not just stuffing pills down your face, but how to do the stack as they call it strategically. You get a 16 page booklet that'll guide you to optimal use when you purchase. And guess what? 60 day money back guarantee and 30% discount from me. Listen, I'm not a coffee guy. I'm not a drug guy, but I'm always looking for any type of natural edge I can get, especially for cognition. So guess what? Let's avoid that sugary junk food. Let's get enough sleep. Take a power nap when you need one and consider trying some nootropics to see if you get a natural brain boost. So go visit newoptimal.com, N-U-O-P-T-I-M-A-L and enter the code BRAD30 to get 30% discount when you try it. Newoptimal.com for way more details. Thank you for listening to the show. I love sharing the experience with you and greatly appreciate your support. Please email podcast at bradventures.com with feedback, suggestions, and questions for the Q&A shows. Subscribe to our email list at bradkearns.com for a weekly blast about the published episodes and a wonderful bi-monthly newsletter edition with informative articles and practical tips for all aspects of healthy living. You can also download several awesome free ebooks when you subscribe to the email list. And if you could go to the trouble to leave a five or five star review with Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to the shows, that would be super incredibly awesome. It helps raise the profile of the BRAD podcast and attract new listeners. And did you know that you can share a show with a friend or loved one by just hitting a few buttons in your player and firing off a text message? My awesome podcast player called Overcast allows you to actually record a soundbite excerpt from the episode you're listening to and fire it off with a quick text message. Thank you so much for spreading the word. And remember, be rad.